It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You heard earlier in the program an exchange between New Jersey Senator Cory Booker and the Honorable Amy Coney Barrett as they both participate in this uh, judicial nomination hearing. I want to uh, bring up just for a moment and listen in on the committee, which continues. The senators now are into their second round of questioning. There yesterday was a, a fairly heated exchange between Representative Hirono. Uh, a Democrat of Hawaii, uh, and she is now asking her second round of questions of the Honorable Amy Coney Barrett. Now, let's listen in for a time. That's one of the relevant factors. But, you know, the laborious study that I did in the public charge case responded to the arguments the parties made and the complex statutes that Congress has passed in this area, including the welfare reform. Judge Barrett. Yes? I'm sorry, too. You know, I don't think you even mentioned arbitrary and capricious standard. So let me move on. Yesterday, Senator Graham asked you about how unlikely it would be to overturn Supreme Court precedent on a range of issues, and you said, quote, judges can't just wake up one day and say, I have an agenda. I hate, I like guns. I hate guns. I like abortion. I hate abortion. And walk in like a royal queen and impose, you know, their will on the world. You have to wait for cases and controversies. But I don't think that's a, an entirely accurate picture because certain justices have been using their opinions to signal interest in addressing various issues, particularly those undermining workers' rights, civil rights, even inviting challenges to longstanding precedent. In fact, as Senator Whitehouse explained this morning, just two years ago, the Supreme Court overturned a 41-year-old precedent. Talk about reliance on a precedent. This precedent was called Abood, which protected public sector unions. And um, Judge Justice Alito engaged in a six-year six campaign. And I just have this chart to show you that he was very persistent in signaling that he wanted to revisit Abood. So in 2012... All right, we're going to step uh, back away from this. If you're interested in uh, Abood and public sector unions and uh, what's being discussed right now, you you check that out later on. I was anxious to hear from uh, Judge Barrett to see how she responded to to that question, and yet uh, Ms. Hirono of Hawaii moved away quickly from from the question and an opportunity for uh, Judge Barrett to respond. All right, uh, for the next few minutes before we go to break, I want to talk to you uh, about something uh, which was, well, hold on, hold on a second. Yesterday I learned two new vocabulary words. Yeah, they were taught to me uh, by Utah Senator Mitt Romney. Yesterday, he put out a statement. I'm going to read that to you in a second, but we need to do a little bit of background education here uh, <laughs> because there were two words uh, in the very beginning. Well, no, I heard of one of these words. I just uh, didn't use it too commonly. But then uh, then there was another word, uh, which I hadn't heard. So here, here are the two words. I'm just going to use uh, the, the Google pronouncer because I, I wasn't sure how to pronounce them myself, and I was a little nervous to pronounce one of them, if I'm honest. You'll hear it here. Morass. 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 Morass, okay? Morass, the word morass, 
All right, file that one away. It means an area of muddy or boggy ground, morass. An area of muddy or boggy ground. That was word one. Word two. Vituperative. Vituperative. You got that one? Vituperative. Vituperative, meaning bitter and abusive. Vituperative and morass. Okay, those two words you got to have filed away in your lexicon because uh, they were used by Senator Romney as he delivered uh, a fascinating statement. Let me read uh, to read it to you in part, and then we're going to, in the next segment, look at uh, and speculate. Uh, what is Senator Romney's long game? What uh, He's a fascinating character. He has lived uh, an interesting life, uh, an accomplished life, and he is not one to, to sit down idly. And he, uh, while a bit older, uh, still has his health and I think has much uh, ahead of him yet to accomplish. What does he want to accomplish? We'll speculate uh, as to that next. But first, this interesting statement to come from uh, Senator Romney just yesterday. He writes, quote, I have stayed quiet with the approach of the election, but I'm troubled by our politics as it has moved away from spirited debate to a vile, vituperative, hate-filled morass that is unbecoming of any free nation, let alone the birthplace of modern democracy. The president calls Democratic vice presidential candidate a monster. He repeatedly labels the Speaker of the House crazy. He calls for the Justice Department to put the prior president in jail. Again, we're reading here from a statement released by Senator Mitt Romney uh, just yesterday. He continues, He attacks the governor of Michigan on the very day a plot is discovered to kidnap her. Democrats launch blistering attacks of their own, though their presidential nominee refuses to stoop as low as others. Pelosi tears up the president's State of the Union speech on national television. Keith Olbermann calls the president a terrorist. Media on the left and right amplify all of it. The statement from Mitt Romney continues, The rabid attacks kindle the conspiracy mongers and the haters who take the small and predictable step from impetrate word to dangerous, uh, intemperate word to dangerous action. The world is watching America with abject horror. More consequently, our children are watching. Many Americans are frightened for our country, so divided, so angry, so mean, so violent. And the last paragraph here in this statement released just yesterday by Senator Mitt Romney reads, It is time to lower the heat. Leaders must tone it down. Leaders from the top and leaders of all stripes. Parents, bosses, reporters, columnists, professors, union chiefs, everyone. The consequence of the crescendo of anger leads to a very bad place. No sane person can want that. So what do you think about that? 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I want to hear from you. Uh, we have just read uh, one of the more lengthy statements released by Senator Romney in his tenure as a senator. Uh, typically, quotes like this are uh, a bit more brief, and it's interesting to, to see uh, such strong feelings communicated in this way. Uh, again, the, the point from Senator Romney it's time to lower the heat. Leaders must tone it down. Leaders from the top and leaders of all stripes. Do you agree? Do you agree with his characterization of our country right now? Are our children watching? Is the world watching America with abject horror? 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We're going to take a break right now. And when we return, I'm going to ask you, what, uh, what do you think is Mitt Romney's long game? What's his plan for after the Senate? Does he have a plan or will he retire from public life following his time in the Senate? Well... What if there were a place for him in the Biden administration should that arise? Yeah, there are some speculating that a Biden victory may mean a place in the presidential cabinet for Senator Romney. I'll share those speculations next with you on Live Mike. 
I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We've been discussing uh, Mitt Romney here for the past segment. He uh, recently put out a, a statement, a strongly worded statement, and uh, pretty much his observations of the the political landscape right now. Uh, he, he writes, uh, and I'll just move through this pretty quickly. We went through it uh, before the commercial break. He says, I've stayed quiet with the approach of the election, uh, but I'm troubled by our politics. It has moved away from spirited debate to a uh, vile, uh, vituperative, hate-filled morass that is unbecoming of any free nation, let alone the birthplace of modern democracy. And he goes through and cites some of the examples of uh, you know this uh, vituperative, hate-filled morass uh, that he has observed uh, across the political spectrum right now. Makes reference to President Trump calling uh, Joe Biden a monster. He uh, talked uh, about uh, President Trump labeling the Speaker of the House as crazy. Uh, and then talks about uh, some other examples, but leading there uh, with some of his uh, displeasure with President Trump. Senator Romney has had a fascinating career. You know, you don't need me to, to walk through all the positions he's held and all the things that he has done from uh, governor uh, to, to big boss over the Olympic organizing committee here as president and CEO. Uh, as I mentioned, governor of Massachusetts, uh, senator now uh, representing the great state of Utah. Also uh, presidential candidate, Republican nominee for president. Don't remember. Don't forget uh, that. In fact, uh, that was when I got my first uh, taste of uh, like political journalism, really, as I was working for Doug Wright then. One of my assignments was to kind of crisscross the country and follow <laughs> follow Mitt Romney around as he sought to uh, defeat Barack Obama and become president of the United States himself. It was a fascinating time, uh, and I got uh, an interesting look at the senator and learned that uh, you know he's a, he's a bit more uh, uh, dynamic um, and and interesting, I think, than uh, than many give him credit for. Now, uh, with that said, there were some polling results released here recently. Uh, Romney seeing now, uh, in terms of favorability, enjoying just 45 percent uh, of support from Utahns, and uh, specifically looking at Republicans, it is just 39 percent of Republicans holding a, a favorable view uh, of the senator. This, uh, according to a Y2 analytics survey, which was conducted uh, online, about 1,200 participants, um, and the date range for that. It's important to to, to follow, especially uh, these days when news changes so dramatically and so rapidly, uh, the date range within which surveys are, are taken. And this one uh, goes from September 26th to October 4th, so relatively recent. And then margin of error, if you're curious, 3.7. That's pretty low, right? So uh, the, the lower the margin of error... Uh, the the more I don't want to say reliable, but at least the more uh, robust uh, and professional the, the the survey, at least in terms of like accepted survey standards. Uh, so again, forty five percent favorability among Utahns at large, and then uh, if you ask just Republicans, Senator Romney enjoying a, only thirty nine percent favorable view. Now, why do why do I bring this up? Why am I talking to you about Senator Romney here? First off. Uh, it, it is that, uh, you know, regardless of how you view him, uh, his his resume is impressive. You would be hard pressed 
uh, to find. In fact, I, I, I tried this once, and uh, I, I didn't spend as much time as I should have because I, I believe there are answers out there. Uh, but I, I had a, a tough time finding uh, someone in American history who had gone from, at one point, representing as governor one state and then later representing another state uh, as, a sen- as a senator. And I'm sure in, like, uh, revolutionary days there are plenty of examples of this, uh, or at least more so than, than in modern times. In modern times, it's unheard of. You know, Senator Romney has done something singular here uh, in, in modern times, and that uh, on, on its own is admirable, impressive. Uh, but you know, you'll have to decide for yourself if uh, if uh, that admiration and impressiveness uh, continues into his politics for you. But let's ask ourselves this question: What is his long game? Right, Senator Romney is an ambitious character. He is someone who has achieved much, uh, both personally and uh, professionally, and in the world of politics, uh, has a uh, you know, a large, happy family uh, from all accounts. We saw that documentary not long after the 2020 or 2012 election cycle, and we got a, a glimpse at his family and how they interacted together on the on the trail, uh, which was a fascinating glimpse. And we know, uh, you know, through Bain Capital and other business ventures, uh, you know, financially very successful. And then in the world of politics, you know, he secured uh, sufficient uh, sufficient voter support to become governor of Massachusetts, and then later on, uh, achieved sufficient voter support to become uh, to become uh, senator for the the great state of Utah. So, what is next? You know, he's he's an older man, but uh, but he's not so old to disqualify him from uh, something to come after his current uh, Senate seat. Should he, you know, not seek to? Uh, to be reelected, which that's, you know, could be an answer to this question. What's next for Mitt Romney? Maybe more time in the Senate. I don't know. Uh, the reason I ask this question is because I got my hands on a document uh, just yesterday. Uh, it was uh, essentially a, uh, a PowerPoint deck, and PowerPoint deck prepared by uh, a lobbying and law firm out of Washington, D.C., Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, and Shrek. And what this uh, PowerPoint presentation does is it takes uh, all of the potential positions available to a Biden administration. So it, it makes a number of assumptions. It assumes first that Joe Biden wins the election in November, uh, is sworn in as president in January, and then goes on to fill his cabinet. Uh, this this deck here, these predictions by this lobbying firm, which is massive. All right, this isn't just uh, you know one of your uh, you know uh, what do you call them? Uh, the word escapes me. But this is big league stuff. This is a big league firm. Uh, they have offices uh, across the the country. Uh, they employ you know hundreds of hundreds of lawyers and beyond that uh, many many uh, supplemental employees. Uh, it's no joke. They, they've had their uh, their hands and eyes and their work in a number of just massive chapters of U.S. history. And they have put together a list of predictions, which would be a list of predictions of key positions the Biden administration may take, and they take a hypothetical look at those individuals who may fill cabinet positions in a hypothetical Biden administration. Real quickly, in terms of policy proposals, uh, the, the, the firm predicts that Biden will early on focus on these key areas, tax, Financial services, health care, uh, benefits, education, minimum wage, small business, trade, environment, and infrastructure. Now, uh, for us Second Amendment people, that is a welcome prediction. You know, should Joe Biden uh, assume the presidency to, to see that the prediction, at least from this firm, uh, that Second Amendment is not high on the list of 
of policy positions the, the Joe Biden would focus on. Uh, that's very good. Uh, all right, now let's move down here because I only have about a minute left. I want to share with you some of the predictions for the cabinet uh, positions. Uh, there's one here. Um, oh, a U.S. Trade Representative, yeah, Pete Buttigieg. There's a prediction there. Now, Secretary of State, Secretary of State. It's predicted uh, that one of three people could fill that role. One, Susan Rice. Two, Tony Blinken. You know Susan Rice. Blinken is a foreign policy advisor for the Biden campaign. And third, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney of the Republican Party. Could you see Mitt Romney as Secretary of State? 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Quick break. When we return, are you traveling for the holidays? Let me know. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.